<laughs> hey, it's Pete Pomisano. Guess what? I'm still here. You bet against me, didn't you? I know you did. Here we are on Road Less Traveled's Off-Road, an RLTP podcast. And this week we're talking to Diane Jones. Now, part of what I'm trying to do with this Off-Road podcast is to bring some different people to light. Not just the ones who you see on stage all the time or the ones whose names are well-known to everyone, but uh, people who are sort of behind the scenes, who help make everything really work. And if you have been to Buffalo Theater, in almost any venue, you've probably seen Diane's work, and you have probably admired it, and you have probably paid no attention to it because that's how good it is. When props and set decorations are done well, they blend into the show, they make it all just feel right, but they don't draw attention to themselves. And Diane is wonderful at this. This is a woman who cares about what she does and has a philosophy about it that I thought was worth sharing. I talked to her one day just informally during a rehearsal when we were both bored. And I said, Diane, tell me all about yourself. What, how did you even get into this? Why are you into this? And she had a great story. So I thought what I would do is, is share it with you all. But I, I want to tell you first that the way I got this was I went to Duval College where she was working on the props and set de- decorations for uh, Mockingbird. And I said to her, uh, well, let's use one of those study rooms down the hall there. And we went into the study room where I thought it'd be nice and quiet. And I set up all the equipment. And it takes me like 20 minutes to set up all this crap. And the next thing you know, we're talking and <laughs> the fan goes on in the room. The, the ventilation goes on and there's a constant <laughs> in the background. So it worked out exactly like I didn't want it to work. So then I recorded it and I brought it home and I tried to figure out some way to get the room tone out of the room, out of the recording. And I did the best I could, but you'll just have to bear with me because I think Diane Jones has a fascinating story. Of course, I wouldn't be talking to these people if I didn't think they had a fascinating story. Anyway, here's Diane Jones, Diane Almeter Jones, one of the busiest ladies in the Buffalo theater scene. I'm here with uh, Diane Jones, and do you use your Almeter? Do you use that in professional work only, right. or do you... When I work as a freelancer, it's Diane Almeter Jones. Mm-hmm. In real life, it's just, oops, <laughs> and there we go. That's right. And in real life, it's... In real life, it's Diane Jones. It's just easier. <laughs> Two names. <laughs> okay. Uh, so one of the reasons I wanted to have you here is because you came out of nowhere, to my mind. I mean, I've been in Buffalo Theater for years, as you know. <laughs> right. And all of a sudden, this woman shows up, <clears throat> and she starts doing props and doing set decorations, and she gets a reputation, and people are... She's working at every theater <laughs> in the city, right? you know, all the major theaters, and I... And it just amazed me. And, and you and I have had conversations about where this came from, and I, mm-hmm. and I sort of know you know how you got started but i don't know if anybody else does okay <laughs> frankly i don't know if anybody else cares well, we can talk about it so what i want to know is where did you come from who are not how you got started but right. are you a local girl yeah i grew up in wales in wales okay that's plenty local plenty local yeah. it's a good haul into the city every day but 
Yeah, but that's you've been there. I grew up in Wales, and I live in Wales. I live in the house I grew up in, Mm -hmm. so I knew I'd have to drive everywhere. Oh, good to come back out there. (laughs) But um, I know I came out of nowhere, but I've been doing things that kind of prepped me for this for a long time. Because of your love of theater, or because of your love of the arts? Both. Both. Because uh, I noticed on your, you know, on your website, and mm-hmm. you know, you're a writer, you're a set designer, you're a set decorator, you're mm-hmm. a prop mistress, uh, and uh, and we'll talk about your your play eventually too. But the fact that you've got into your fame lately has been in set decoration and props, right? Which, which is uncanny and it, unexpected. It, uncanny and unexpected, right. but also so incredibly important. Um, so how did you get into that behind the scenes sort of theater to begin with? Or were you always a behind the scenes fan? Always behind the scenes. Always loved to sit in the theater. I think theater helped to save me from myself a long mm-hmm. time ago. So I've always enjoyed being in the theater and I've been a graphic designer for a long time. And well, an tell me about that. What, In what sense are you a graphic designer? What what have you designed or anything I would have heard of? Because I live oh, in a cave, as you know, yeah. and I haven't well, heard of much of anything. Um, I started 30 years ago freelancing. Mm-hmm. My first uh, freelance gig was a funeral home. So I thought that was indicative maybe of my career. And, but and, <laughs> what, did you, what did you do in a theater home? A, a, a funeral, funeral home, home. Yes. It was uh, seasonal ads for a funeral home in a newspaper. Really? Really. So but you designed it, ads for, yeah. a, for a funeral but home. But it picked up from there. I, I've done <laughs> a lot of logos for businesses. Um, I've done some work for Shakespeare and Delaware Park. Uh, so art was your first passion? Art was it. And I had a student counselor back in high school that said, okay, this is what you can do. So now you go to New York City and go to college. And I'm like, okay, I went to the East Royal Library Pulled a book about New York City because I knew nothing about New York City except really? for Kojak well, was filmed there from, from Wales. From Wales, <laughs> New so York like, City was another world. It was I'm like oh, the Empire State Building. That looks pretty cool. That looks pretty. So cool. I went down there and loved it, mm-hmm. and I've freelanced ever since. And then I started volunteering with grade school theater stuff, and all of a sudden it started to meld a little bit. It was just work and raising kids. Did you have like a uh, an agency that you worked with, or were you out of your own all, home all the time? Always been on my own. I yeah. a, started as a sole proprietor and ended up as an LLC now. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to Buff State and got my art and theater degree. And that's when I kind of popped into the Buffalo theater scene because it all worked together. Yeah. And, if, and if, I know the story. I don't really know it very well, but I know that... Lisa Ludwig was instrumental because she, your daughter, was uh, right. You know, and I don't, I don't know if she had any effect on you getting into uh, doing props and so on, but uh, it must have had some some connection somewhere, right? Yeah, Anna started. Um, well, she always loved theater, and mm-hmm. she's on the stage. I'm always behind the scenes. And uh, Anna went to Iroquois, where I met Lisa, and they needed a somebody do the programs i'm like oh i raised my hand in a parent meeting is <laughs> always a big mistake. one you always do right yeah, yeah. never sit in the front row and um i started doing the programs and got to know lisa and got to know lots of other people and then anna graduated and i kept doing the programs mm-hmm. and photography and all kinds of stuff for the iroquois drama club which i loved because that's where i went to school as well so anything that had to do with art, whether it was photography mm-hmm. or, or designing ads or designing right. programs, you got into it that way. Right. So all of the, let me so let me just cover this now. Sure. So you, you're an artist, mm-hmm. number one, graphic designer. I mm-hmm. understand that. Playwright we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. How did we get into props and and property design? It all started at... And, and first of all, oh, yeah, go explain ahead. what 
property, what uh -huh. crops are really. Because we've had this conversation it's, also. They're it's incredible a importance. mostly a simple explanation. Uh, if you're at the theater and an actor picks up an item or holds the item, gives it to someone else, it's a prop. Okay. It has to be in their hand. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and But when you work with different theaters, you can also start doing set dressing, working as a prop master as well, especially with smaller theaters. And, and you've done set dressing actually with it, movies. Absolutely, which we'll, yeah. Which we'll is talk about really also. wonderful. Yeah. Um, so when I, what I learn in theater, I apply it to film. And what I learn in film, I bring back to the theater world. And it's the biggest thing about between the two is in the in theater, it's about a 10-foot rule of mm -hmm. thumb because your first person that's going to be able to see you is about 10 feet away in the audience. In film, it's a one-inch rule. I see. So there's no cheating. That's, that's right. But I don't like to, it's not the word cheating, but I don't like to cheat in theater either because I think the actors need that one-inch rule as well. Right. So I, my um, obsessive-compulsive nature comes in really handy as a prop master because I like minutiae and making things just right. So how did you get into this this aspect of it? Um, the Kavanoki was desperate. <laughs> okay. And I kid, that, I kid you not, they needed uh, whoever normally did their props, which I think was Lorraine, um, was in She Loves Me. Mm -hmm. And they called everyone, 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 and no one knew anybody because it was a prop-heavy show. And so Jenny Kennedy, who was a, was a teacher Jenny. of mine, yes. I love Jenny too, at Buffalo State, she taught me stage management. She said, well, I know somebody. She might be able to do that. Her name's Diane Jones. And I credit Johnny Kennedy as But you hadn't done me. anything like nope. that, even with the high school, with your daughter and so on. Mm, well, but you understood a little the bit, concept, yeah, of course. Right. I've built a million things. And when I look back at my life, I was destined to do this stuff. And so I just started. And She Loves Me kicked it off. And it was great. Mm -hmm. Lorraine was a little worried at the time. I was taking over her job. But... It was just props. <laughs> well, yes, I re and I remember because Lorraine, and we were joking about that a little bit when I when I directed a couple of shows here. Right. I asked, "Can I look? Can we, can we hire Lorraine to do sure. set decorations?" Because they had a habit in those days of just you know, sort of uh, people would bring stuff in, and David King would do stuff, and maybe, but there was nobody really in charge. And as you and I have discussed, set decorations and and props are so important right. to the reality that you're creating, and exactly. if they fail in any you know I used to tell my my kids at, at school if there's anything that distracts you mm -hmm. from losing yourself in the play exactly it, it's That's bad it's bad unless it's purposeful where you it all starts with the script and your director mm -hmm. and their vision yeah and then uh, the director passes their thoughts on to the set designer and i work closely with the set designer and the customer and the director. And the director, of course. And we create that world. And I love that because we create uh, a place that only exists for that period of time. And that all goes away. And many a times you've uh, collected things to mm -hmm. use for props, but you've also had to create oh, yes. things. Mm -hmm. more, I mean, more than just you know an occasional newspaper or something. Right. Uh, you've had to, well, and you created, for example, in Sweeney Todd, you created knives. Yep. You created... Well, I don't know. What, it, what was the <laughs> what was the hardest thing you've ever had to oh. d build or create or design or Nothing's or even locate if, if we want to go to there? But I'm, I'm thinking about things I, that you had to do from scratch. I've, I've never... Um, I, the irony of that question is I've never not been able to find something. 
Um, I think the more terrifying thing with uh, theater, you've got a little breathing time. Mm -hmm. So you can locate stuff outside of the region if you need to. Um, And what's taught me not to worry about it is working film as a buyer. Um, We need it tomorrow. We need today sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) And it's period. The first film I worked on was in the 1940s. So and you must know every pawn shop and, and, absolutely. and junk store and antique and store in the Western just, New York area. You go and go and go. and But I love that chase. I love that. And working with people to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to think about that question. Sorry. I don't about, know what's the toughest. About what was the tough thing to create. Yeah, because everything's a challenge, but a what good was challenge. A, what was a fun thing to do? What well, was a fun show to, to work on that was not just challenging, but also fun and, and, and creative and got your... Creative juices flowing. Every single, oh, wow. Well, I love doing um, Wait Until Dark because Mm -hmm. we get stuck back in time into the 60s and there's a dark room, so I've got to get period-appropriate stuff for a dark room from that era. It can always be from the 60s or earlier, but never beyond. Again, unless it's meant to be anachronistic. I have, I have, I still have. Where were you at that time? I still have a cupboard full of dark, (laughs) I have a, 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 a period you know, enlarger and all sorts. It's sitting in my upstairs bathroom that right. I used to use for a dark room. Right. And it's just all... In my, my daughter looked under there once and said, what the hell is all this crap under here? Because there, there were bottles of chemicals props. from it's 1975. Oh, you know? I would have loved that. Yeah. I was afraid to throw any of them down the, the sink because I was afraid I was going to pollute right. the entire Western New York water supply. Well, I have a, an answer for you. So the last show you were on... Well, we, we oh. dated that. Don't want to date it. Oh, that, a show you okay. were recently on. Oh, at, no, we can uh, say it was Billy, Billy the yeah, Kid. Yeah, Billy the Kid. Yes. Um, great set. I love, because I, I'm as a freelancer, I work at many different theater companies in Buffalo. Yes, and that's you do. the best part about what I do. Um, I, and we have to talk about how that happened. But yeah, go well, ahead, finish your story. But um, <laughs> the set was great, but no matter how much stuff you put in it, sometimes you need more for dressing. So I was helping Diane. There's lots of Dianes now in my world and um i got a text that they needed a saddle uh, and like four other crazy items and they needed it that day so i'm like okay <laughs> so i br- okay i took care of uh, my notes brought the props in that i needed because it was tech weekend so we're right down to the crunch so so wait a minute let me just go back right you're, you're talking to diane Brewing. right the, i get a text this designer. is what we need absolutely she's and, awesome awesome at road less traveled designer and she calls you to say we need this i get i get an email an email yeah and then i start texting uh the email came from scott got a, a text with diane because mm-hmm. There's, I have lots of bosses, but you need to know who to go to right above you yes. <laughs> when you're making the, some of these design decisions. So then it became me and Diane mm-hmm. uh, on um, I'm texting. But I knew I could go to Viddler's in East Aurora. I live in Wales, which has a fantastic flea market that I've there often enough to know what kind of stuff they have. So I had in three stops and two hours, I had everything on their list, <laughs> which included... Wait, what was the weirdest? The, um, a, a coonskid cap. Um, horseshoes, saddle, <laughs> um, deer antlers, and some other assorted minutia, uh, like some so whiskey it's, bottles. It's like and a treasure hunt. <laughs> it, it's exactly what it is. Yeah. And it helps me to avoid any kind of hoarding in my own life mm-hmm. <laughs> because I hoard for others. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I organize prop spaces and help. It, it. My house is a little bit like an odd museum. Like I just picked up a... Uh, so does your yeah. husband ever say, um, "Honey, 
Um, no, he's Tim is very flexible. What's, what's what's this crap on the kitchen table here? This is what Tim likes to say. So Tim's worked out of town for a lot of years, mm-hmm. and he'd be home on the weekends. So I try and because my house is my studio. I have a studio in my house. I have a barn. But when I'm on a big job, he would walk and say, oh, Diane's propping because every horizontal space <laughs> in the house is gone. I leave him some spots. I leave the TV area. I leave, his, I leave his, him some spots. His so favorite chair. He can plunk his ass down somewhere. <laughs> and then I clean it all up when it's over. And look how look how much room we have in the house now, Tim. Tim comes in. <laughs> Diane, where's my spot? It's, it's over there. It's, this is a it's true just, story. It's been going on for quite a while. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, so how did, so now you've become in, increasingly in demand. I mean, you started the Kevin Oakey. I know you've been at the Irish. Yep. And I know, um, and I, I know from generation. firsthand experience and second, second yep. generation, um, and and then road less travel. Mm-hmm. Is it just word of mouth? What people will say? Yeah. Well, I don't think there's too many people interested I know in you're doing not, props. Yeah, and I know you're thing. not out there pursuing it. No, no, no. <laughs> no. You, you, you said that way too but I <laughs> enthusiastically. Like it. No, no, I'm no, not going to no. chase it down. Because um, I have to limit myself to 10 or few fewer shows a season. Otherwise, 10 uh, or fewer? Yeah, last year was 13. That was oh a lot. Oh, my God, Diane. I, I really I had no idea it was that much. Yeah. Who, who have I forgotten to name besides uh, those, all for the, one. those big three there? All for one. All for one, of course. I hope I haven't missed anybody. I'll be in trouble. No, 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 no. And I stage manage every once in a while up at Buffalo State, and that gives me a nice little break. Do you do, from do, you do college pro- props and things as well? I have been asked, but I just don't have the time. Hmm. I would love to. Are you doing other things as well as this? I mean, are you, yeah, I do graphic do you have design a, work. Do you have too, a life as well, and I write <laughs> plays, and and I I still get to the bars, so I think I'm doing all right. <laughs> I take. <laughs> yes, let's, I like let's to be keep busy. our priorities straight. Yes, make sorry. sure that you sorry. can get to the bars. <laughs> is there one that was a favorite that was the most fun to do? Or even even for, uh, you know, set decorations? Oh, well, that's when I really, I love to do the props and the set decoration, as long as there's the time. Mm-hmm. And my rule is I have to be available for designer runs and tech weekends, because I think it's important. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm most invested in my props, <laughs> because well, it's minutiae stuff. So I sit and watch and take notes, and directors will always give me notes as well, and the stage manager. But but, um, and, but props are one of those things, as, as you and I have talked mm-hmm. before, where if they're right, nobody and notices. that's the goal. You don't want anybody to ever see it. And if they're right. wrong, they stick out like a sore thumb. Every to, show, to coin a I have a, a favorite thing. Uh, she Loves Me was branding the store with mm-hmm. a logo and then making all the boxes and building the perfumery boxes. And every show I work on, I learn something. Um well, I know I've picked up props and looked at them and said, Diane did this. I could tell. Well, because it, <laughs> well, right. it, it could be a bottle of, I don't know, whiskey or something. Right. But the label is right. It's period. It's got a cork in the top. It's Everything is right about it. And and it's because the minutia, as you've right. said, is so critically important right. and to, if, to the illusion. Right. If you, uh, even as an actor, have to open up a notebook or a scrapbook, people will see that. Up in the balcony. I've argued with you over this too. And if you don't do it right, you're where I've said, see to, I've said to you, no, 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 I don't have that. Don't right. worry about. It. it Doesn't have to be that. And you'd go, oh, no, no, it right. has to be right. Yeah, it, it has to be the right. 
But nobody will see that, that, that it's not the right kind of pencil. Yes, yeah. they will. Somebody will. And I do have people that will let me know <laughs> if I've let them down. Of course. <laughs> know. It's almost like a challenge, I think. Oh, Diane, you were close. <laughs> but you missed out on that one. <laughs> I saw everything was right except that one moment. Right. Yeah. And, and again, that's it, it takes them out of the moment. Right. Right. And then you're right. And that's, I never want to do that. Yeah. With anything. And, and I, yeah, there's every show has something I love. About Was there it. ever a prop that, that got away that, that you that you just couldn't find? And you said, oh, I wish I'd found, found that. Oh, there's many times that I find that after, <laughs> after you've had to come up with something different. Yes. And then, because it's impossible sometimes yeah. to get the exact thing. But we always get very close. Yeah, and or, yeah. You, or you create it. You, right. you make things well, out when of... I have a budget, uh, and uh, here's my budget, and, you know, what can I procure? What can I build? What can I change? What already exists that I can change? I try not to what use can the I same prop of, over and over. Of, uh, paper mache and Absolutely. chicken wire, and what can I... Oh, oh well, <laughs> that one time I had to build that bomb, and then I carry these things in my mom white minivan and i just have a conversation with myself before i leave <laughs> and i say okay if today's the day i get pulled over for whatever reason i will i always have my um backpack right there with my script in it and mm-hmm. my first thing i will say to the officer is i'm a prop master i work for so and so i have a script and in the back i have a fake bomb <laughs> because i don't ever want them to be surprised and has that ever happened no but that one time the, the doll prepared. had a little cocaine bag yes. in it and i had to bring that home and do something so i'm acutely aware <laughs> of the possibility the that i have sure well, it's just like if you're and weapons body, as well bottles too. of empty whiskey oh, bottles i i did filled have, with you know liquid exactly with a cork in it there yes. you have to have and i guess the truth is that oh, it's better than fiction <laughs> <laughs> hands on the roof of the car ma'am okay anything you say officer? anything you say officer but look <laughs> exactly. out for that bomb in the back of my in my trunk <laughs> oh um christmas at pemberley um was just totally period, not a period I'm used to. Yeah. You know, I kind of like the 20s, 30s, 40s, that film noir stuff yes. and into that. But Pemberley is a little further back and we're in England, but it's Christmas time and it was just great to work with the set designer and fill the space at 710. Yeah. Oh, which yeah. is really hard to do. Yes, it's a, and, it is a big and, space. And I love doing books and and Did you do the, the set decorations for that? I worked for with Pemberley? the designer, the designer yeah. with that. Yeah, wow. yeah. It, it's a team effort. It's a lot of work to. That's what I love is the collaboration, though. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is a collaborative art. This, this whole thing, that right. we, This crazy right. stuff that we're both involved in. And if we don't do our job, then I feel like we've let the designers down. I'm sorry, we let the actors down, and then we let the audience down. Let's talk about Diane Jones, the playwright. Oh, you're the best. That's what, you know, as much as I love the propping and all that stuff, um, telling those stories Mm -hmm. is really what keeps me going. Stories, plural. Yeah, because they're family stories. Mm -hmm. And um, it started with a box of letters from World War II. And I had them for... to Forget Me Not? Forget Me I had that box for a long time Mm -hmm. and never opened it. And then I finally had an assignment. I'm like, oh, let's go to that box. And I just read them and it was... Did Pretty a story cool. take play, take shape as you were reading them? Yep. Did you already say to yourself, I know what I want to write about here? Well, or? it was pretty pretty basic the first time around. Let's put it in chronological order okay. and see what, what develops. And then I talked to my mom and my aunt, the only living relatives I needed to talk to about it, got their verbal permission and said, I'd like to do this. And I said, fine. Very, doesn't matter to me. That's fine. Mm-hmm. 
And then it just kept evolving and changing. And I have more memorabilia from 1920s, 30s, and 40s in my house wow. from these families mm-hmm. than my own childhood and my own kids. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of pictures and stuff. But um, so these people, and I, I knew my grandmother well, and that's a story about my grandmother. And so then, how long did it take you to write this? From, from, um, from inception, from the moment you... Seven years. Seven years. Mm-hmm. I started writing a play once. It was about 30 years ago. Oh, well, you're not done yet then. Uh, no, I've not passed the first page yet. <laughs> Maybe you should oh, go back dear. to it. Yeah. I started it. Then I, then I sat down and I wrote it out as a story. Right. I said, maybe I'll write it as a prose sure. story first. Right. I, I got five pages into that. Okay, that's progress. So, yeah, so in, in 20 years, you I'll get the went... next five pages done. And uh, but seriously, there is something and I know I know you understand this. It's the revision, Mm -hmm. the constant revision. Right. And that's why I have so much trouble getting past the first page. I mean, I don't even know how to get. I used to tell my students, just Mm -hmm. don't worry about how it starts. Just Just write. Just just write. Well, I do a lot of that free writing Mm -hmm. and not worry about punctuation or proper grammar just go and go because you're going to go back over it a thousand times exactly. you don't need to worry now no. about whether you're starting with the word what or right. how just start and i've never been that wedded that is a correct term mm-hmm. never been that to wedded a particular word <laughs> to a particular word or phrase um it's more for me is the audience receiving the story mm-hmm. in the manner i hope to pre- present it yeah. and so if they're not then okay then let's take a look at that yes but once it finally works it can stand. I'm almost done. I, I'm almost done with that play. <laughs> well, you must be done to some de- well, degree because you took it to Edinburgh. Right? Yeah, we did it here in Buffalo, and then we've done it in Buff or in, in Edinburgh. But one was a little long, and Edinburgh was a little short. So in between, is so you're, the, the never-ending tinkering. With but it. we're almost done, and then it's got to be done because then you, you just put it out there. It's that's the hardest thing for me. We performed it. We've traveled with it. But then really putting the script out, putting, putting it, that for me is the terrifying moment yet. Now, have you, has it been published in, in any form yet? No, not yet. Okay. Do you We're, have, do you have a lead of who you're going to send this to first? Um, most when, likely when I'll self-publish. When you finally finish it? Uh, because I think it's not simple mm-hmm. to publish in the United States of America. No, it's probably. But there's a wonderful website where in you can self-publish. 20 years when I finish the next page, I'll I'll publish yours. How's I'll that? investigate <laughs> that for you. <laughs> Okay. I'll um, do, get a publishing house ready for both of us. Yeah, it'll be called Diane and Pete's <laughs> self-publishing warehouse. Perfect for props. And <laughs> for, yes. Yeah. Need a need a script? Need, need a need we a have, blank piece of paper? We have one and a half scripts here for that's, you. That's right. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you how things went in Edinburgh. Edinburgh, Edinburgh was fantastic. Yeah. It was great. Um, it's a medieval city, and they have scotch. And Enough so, and and it was, and it's. 63 countries were represented, so people from all over the world. We had a neighborhood bar. I'm sensing a theme here, but (laughs) (laughs) um, within a day and a half, because we were there a couple of weeks, uh, we performed seven times. We we had made, there's a a lot of competition for people to come to see shows there. There's Mm. hundreds of shows to pick from on a daily basis, hundreds. So uh, stage manager, director, and cast and I decided we would always perform as long as there was one person in the audience that we didn't know or if they were there from far away and we did know that we would perform for them <laughs> but and we never had that problem we always had people in the audience which was no small feat uh, that's quite a feather in your cap well it, it's about World War II and Edinburgh started right after World War II the mm-hmm. Fringe Festival and so there's still um, 
one of the most popular plays while we were there was Hitler's Tasters. So if there's anything about World War II within your storytelling, it helps they're, you to get in there as well. It. They're mm -hmm. ready for it. Mm -hmm. And that was also one reason um, the venue said, oh, we'll take you because we like the story. It's about your grandparents. You're still alive and you're the playwright and you're going to be there. So all that stuff is mm -hmm. stuff that Edinburgh likes. The, the, all, all of that stuff was uh, in the plus column. Right. Negative it, is a, it's expensive to fly there, oh, stay yeah, there. I would imagine. But and we it, did it. Yeah. It sounds to me like it was a tremendous experience. It was no great. No matter what. It was great. Yeah. And um, most of the actors are in their 20s, and what an experience for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm becoming an older broad now, and it was gr really fun for me, but I can't imagine doing something like this in my 20s. Did you find that you were trying to keep tabs on the kids the whole time? There was a moment I felt like I was the frat house mom. But, all of um, you kids get... Right. We did have a couple house I'll rules. I'll turn this bus right around. Oh, a couple times. <laughs> and they just ignored me as my own children would, and, and off we went. No, they were great. What's that, what's that noise I hear? I, I don't hear anything. Good enough. Let's go. Exactly. No, we all got there. It's a walkable city. I believe I only walked uphill, though. I clocked 50 miles. Dear God. Yeah. Yeah, I clocked 50 miles last year. <laughs> um, pretty, it was pretty a much. lot. <laughs> well, what's the next step for the play? So you're just going to continue um, to revise it? It's... Did you give yourself a deadline? Because I always yes. have to get... Yes. Whenever I'm writing, writing anything, yeah. even if like I was writing a director's note mm -hmm. for somebody, and I'd say, you, you have to give me a deadline because right. every day I change it. Right. So what's your deadline um, goal for yourself? A year from now, we'd like to perform one more time. With the with, quote unquote with the, finished, the finished one. Finished play. God help me. Yes, the finished play. So, what else do you have going on for yourself? Uh, I started another play. You started writing another play. Mm hmm. Okay. And it's, I loved it. Did I it. mention that I tried to write a play <laughs> once? <laughs> well, we'll start a little playwriting group. Oh, it's deadlines. And you know what? Did you take a, a playwright playwriting? Oh class yeah, that helped at Buff State without question. Yeah. Uh, plan, a script analysis, playwriting. Um, I was part of the last session with Manny Freed, new mm -hmm. play workshop. Um, we've got a lot of good playwrights in Buffalo, a lot yeah. of good writers, and um, it's just another way to tell a story. So you've started another play. Mm -hmm. You've got probably six more shows you're doing props and, and set decorations for, correct? Mm -hmm. Closer to nine, but yeah, we're <laughs> you're close. Closer to nine. <laughs> Pardon me. It's all right. Forgive me. Well, when in theater, you, I have to work a number of jobs to keep the coffers in the black. Yes. Well, that's, I'm that's sure that's true is. of many, many of us in theater. Mm -hmm. In film, mm -hmm. I work many hours a solid eight weeks at 14 hours a day, but they have a huge budget. So um, it's as close as I've ever gotten to a real paycheck. Wow. That's a lot of years of, can you do that for free? <laughs> and now that Buffalo has become the film capital of, yeah. the, of Western I've, New York. I've turned down a few things yeah. because that's wonderful. I was doing Edinburgh. I'm like, sorry, gonna, that's going to take precedence. Could shame go in the other way. <laughs> Oh, that's a shame. Well, I I think we're finished. Wow, that was fun. Yeah, we talked for a good long time here. Let me see. Let me check with the... 
Oh, we just hit the 30-minute mark. Which was our goal, yes. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah we didn't want to talk <laughs> long. Because if this was, you know, a radio, people would have been changing the channel a long well, time ago. Isn't without doubt. I'm talking about radios and channels <laughs> as if anybody really knows what the hell I'm talking but about. But I do, Peter. I'm of that age. Oh, so I, I get it. You don't have to explain to me. <laughs> One of the things I said to Scott and Gina said, well, how is this going to get disseminated? How is it going to be put up? Where are people going to be able to hear this? And, you know, they, they have a plan, of course, because they always have a plan. Right. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, I, I just under started listening to podcasts a year ago. Are podcasts great, though? Well, they are, but it's amazing to me that Apple came out with this thing called a, an iPod, what, 10 years ago? <laughs> I or, know. Well, maybe uh, even longer. Maybe even longer yeah. ago. And I remember I remember mm-hmm. the, the hearing about this thing called a podcast right. and thinking to myself, who the hell's going to do that? Well, it's like a TED Talk. When it, you start seeing these things and listening to them, some it, of them are really, really Well, my daughter started, I was listening, I've been listening to these political ones, of course. They make well, me want to well. blow my brains out. But, <laughs> yeah. well, but it's counterproductive. All of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden there, there's thousands of yeah. them. I, just, I yeah. mean, thousands of them. Well, I, I appreciate never thought that it would you're become... listening to me. I will listen to you. <laughs> well, all right. We'll see about that. Anyway. I know, and here you are. Here, here, here you, I are where? Where you are, are you? You're podcasting. We're podcasting. I know. It's, and a, we, it's, it's the craziest thing. And we remember dial phones. I mean, we're, I think we're doing all right, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, we'll say goodbye to Diane Almeter-Jones. Thank you for being my guest today, Diane. Thanks, Peter. My pleasure. Ah, Diane Jones, what a lovely lady, and uh, what a great job she does for many Buffalo theaters. Coming up next, I have to tell you that I am uh, very excited about meeting and interviewing Sean Cullen live at the theater on January 12th at 1 p.m. If you get a chance, it's a free Road Less Travel event. Just stop in, meet the man. Uh, Be part of the podcast. It will be recorded live, and then I will edit it and put it out a week or two later. But I'm very excited to meet Sean Cullen. He's got a very long filmography on uh, IMDb, if you want to look it up. And you'll see his picture there as well, and I'm sure you'll recognize him because he's been in a lot of movies and a lot of TV shows. And I'll be talking to him about his career and his life, his early life in Buffalo and how he uh, got his big break in movies and television. And, of course, he's in town to appear in The Antipodes, which opens four days later on the 16th of January, so I will not have seen it by then, but I have read The Antipodes. I was in on an early reading of the play, and it is really an interesting play about what it means to write stories and about the creative process. And as I said, that opens on January 16th and runs until February 9th, And you'll want to get down there and see Sean Cullen's Buffalo Return. And before we go, I want to tell you one more thing, that I had a great interview with Adam Ziglis from the Buffalo News. He's the editorial cartoonist there. Uh, He's a person who I have admired for a long time. I always look forward to seeing his cartoons in the Buffalo News. And I had a great interview with him a few weeks ago, and I believe that we're going to put that out probably for the February 3rd podcast release date, because I believe we'll release the Sean Cullen podcast on the 20th. So uh, I look forward to having that released, and I look forward to your comments. If you would like to send an email, we now have an email address, rltpoffroad at gmail.com. 
if you would like to suggest guests or tell me what exactly is going wrong here. I can take it. I'm a big boy. And before I go, I just have to say I am so thankful to everyone who has agreed to be on this podcast. People who you haven't heard yet and won't hear for months. I have Jay Desiderio coming up soon and, and Matt Witten. Guys who did this as a favor to me just so I could get my feet wet in this whole podcasting thing. Great guys. And people I've asked to be on the podcast and, they, and everyone has agreed. It's been It's been great. I, I haven't even gotten to all of them. I won't mention all of their names right now, but I have spoken to at least a half a dozen more people who I said, I'd like to have you on the podcast. And everyone has said, great, we'd be happy to. And since we only come out every two weeks, it's almost like it's not often enough. But I, I can't really do this more often than I already am. I mean, it, it's like a full-time job and I'm an old retired fart. I, I haven't got time to do this. I'm just very, very busy doing nothing, frankly, but I, it's, it takes up a lot of my time. But I am so grateful for everyone who has already been on and those who are coming up soon. You'll see. We're going to have a lot of fun. Again, thanks for listening to Off-Road, the RLTP podcast. And I hope you enjoyed this one. And I know you'll enjoy... The interview coming up with Adam Ziglis. And if you get the chance, stop in and see us live for the Sean Cullen interview on January 12th at 1 p.m. I hope you had a great holiday season. See you next time. Mm -hmm.